Welcome to the Stonelaw Church Podcast. I'm Neil Watson. And whether you are a regular worshipper with us, or whether you just listen to this podcast, I pray that the, the words of the message would be a real blessing to you, and that it would bring you closer to God as you experience more of the love of Jesus in your life. So we have come to the, the end of our sermon series looking at the, the five marks of mission, where we've looked at the, the idea of evangelism and the, the need for an ongoing discipleship, that we continue to learn more about our faith and our faith in the one in whom we place that faith. We also looked at the need for, for action, that, you know, that idea that you know, our actions sometimes speak louder than our words. We need to lend a, a helping hand to those that, that find themselves in times of need. Equally, we were to use our voices to, to challenge uh, unjust structures of society that keep people in that place of never being able to get out of need and also that we were to challenge violence of all kinds and pursue peace and last week we were looking at the the responsibility that we have to care for our planet that the creation uh, is important to god and therefore it should be important to us that we have opportunities not only to to look after the planet but also to renew the life of the planet so many different ways in which we could do that and i also suggested last week that, that these five marks of mission are difficult for us all to continue to to commit to but the thing is that that it was important that we could see it as a an overflow from our, our discipleship, our, our devotion to Jesus. And I suggested that as a church, we could adopt a, a mission statement or a vision statement, something along the lines of that we would be in the business of, of making fully devoted followers of Jesus. That, that if you're a devoted follower of Jesus, these things that are part of the, the five marks of mission become an overflow of that devotion but equally that we would be in the business of of making fully devoted followers of jesus that we commit to do it ourselves but equally that we would commit to making ways for others on that journey too one of the things about the five marks of mission that we need to understand is that we can't just pick one or two of them and go with it that for it to work, to have that whole approach to mission, it's important that we are tackling all five. We might naturally gravitate to one or, or two of them, and the others might be something that we've never really gave much thought to at all. But we need to be committed to working on them. And we need to also understand that mission isn't just for specialists. You know, when we think of the word mission, we might immediately jump to think of missionaries and that is a very specific calling and we pray blessings on those that are called to that work but we're all called to the mission field 
We might not necessarily be called to the other side of the world, but we are all called to the mission field. That includes right here in Rutherglen or wherever it is that you live or wherever you spend most of your time. And the thing is, that's one of the beauties of, of the local church, that we can gather together as a whole bunch of different individuals with different gifts and different passions, and that we can encourage one another, teach one another. Mission is for the whole church, but each and every single one of us have our part to play within it. It's not left to specialist people. We're all special in God's eyes. Might not always feel it, but believe me, in God's eyes, we're all special. And that's why it's important that as a, a community of Jesus followers, community of believers, we are encouraging one another to go and explore the things that God is calling us to. I also believe that the, having this focus on the five marks of mission is that first step to making sure that Jesus is informing everything that we do, that we don't allow ourselves to, to bring in our own preferences and man-made thoughts, that we are constantly focused on the things that are important to Jesus. And the thing is, that will be a real struggle. It will be a struggle because life can be a struggle at times. Jesus doesn't sugarcoat it, and I'm not going to sugarcoat anything this morning either. As the presbytery and the denomination of the Church of Scotland um, are approaching change, it's not always going to be easy. In fact, probably going to be really difficult. Some of it is going to be really tough. And the thing is, the Church of Scotland finds itself on the side of that river, just like the Israelite people with Joshua. They have decisions to make, tough decisions to make. And in chapter 24 of Joshua, we find Joshua challenging the people to renew and remake their, their covenant, their, their promise with God. He challenges them and he, he kind of says, look, you need to make a decision here. It can't be wishy-washy. It has to be a, you know, a decisive decision. It's incredibly important that you make this decision. You can make the decision to continue doing the stuff that had gone on for years and years and years. You can even make the decision on following the people and the culture that you're, that you're in. Or you can follow the Lord, but you need to make a decision. He says, now therefore revere the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your ancestors served beyond the river and in Egypt. Serve the Lord. And he says, if you're unwilling to serve the Lord, choose who it is you're going to follow. Don't be wishy-washy about it. Choose and go with it. 
But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. There's a challenge there that asks us to renew our commitment to God, that we would be focused solely on Him, that we wouldn't carry baggage with us as we move forward into the next chapter. You know, the Israelite people are moving into that next chapter. The Church of Scotland is moving into a new chapter, an unknown chapter. But as Joshua says, you need to choose who you're willing to serve. Are you going to come and serve the Lord? And let that be your decision and stick to it. Stand up for what you believe. Stand up for what you believe in. Don't sit on the fence. And the thing is, the Church of Scotland has this decision to make in terms of whether it is willing to hold on to the old ways of doing things and to try and continue on, albeit with less people, less resources, and far smaller than it ever has been. Or are we ready to move forward? Recommit ourselves to God again. Have Jesus as our focus. As for me and my household, I will serve the Lord. Joshua has made his decision. My entire household will serve the Lord, is what he says. I will do everything to make sure that I remain committed to it. And indeed, my entire household, I'll do everything I can to encourage them, to instruct them, that they too would continue to serve the Lord. But Joshua also recognizes it's not going to be easy. That's why he says the entire household, because there'll be times where he finds it tough, even Joshua. And he'll need his household to, to build him up and encourage him. That's the beauty of the local church, that we're there to build one another up, encourage each other, when it's needed. And the thing is, things get tough in life. Things come at you quite quickly and you're not really sure how to respond. And being a follower of Jesus doesn't make you immune from that. Indeed, Actually, some of the most difficult things that we go through in life are a direct consequence of our faith. Relationships that we have with people can be fraught because of our faith in Jesus. So standing up for what we believe in can be really tough, really difficult, and it brings consequences. And that's why I chose the, the passage from Mark's Gospel which has Jesus telling us we need to pick up our crosses. There will be times where it's tough. You know, Jesus opens up the, the passage by teaching his disciples about what he would have to go through. The, the suffering, the, the rejection, the death on a cross and the, and the rising on the third day. There's this really interesting thing that happens with Peter. And I've said before, you know, I, I love Peter. 
You know, just straight in there. But he's always very human. Very human. And immediately jumps in and rebukes Jesus. Just, just rebukes him. Peter had obviously forgotten who he was at that point. Here he is, ready to challenge his teacher. Not in secret, but in front of everyone. Takes Jesus aside and rebukes him and says, that's not going to happen. Here he is, willing to challenge his teacher in public place. Jesus sees that it's born out of a human place. That human place of anger and pain, discomfort. And he says, get behind me, Satan. He realizes that Peter is allowing Satan to cloud his view. That he's looking at it from a worldly point of view. And as Jesus says, for you're setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. That Peter had focused on the world with that world view rather than through the lens of God. But I guess in a certain sense, Peter hadn't really forgotten who he was at all. He was a human being. And he just didn't want to accept it. He didn't want to accept it. He'd gotten to know and love Jesus, respect him. He was his closest friend. He didn't want to hear what Jesus was telling him. Didn't want anything bad to happen to him. But equally, we have this fight or flight characteristic as human beings. And the other thing that will have been going on is immediately in Peter's brain is thinking, well, if that's what's going to happen to Jesus and I follow him, and I'm his closest follower. I'm the one who keeps talking out in public. Everybody knows who I am. Is that likely to happen to me too? I don't want that to happen to me. So it's not going to happen, Jesus. I'm not going to allow it because I'm not wanting it to happen to me. And that's a human thing to try and avoid anything that will cause us pain or or suffering. It's not that we should go seeking it. We shouldn't be seeking suffering. But this passage is a reminder to us that our world is a broken one and that humankind has this amazing ability to do the worst things to each other. No one is immune from it, including the Son of God. No one escapes it. Jesus is trying to put Peter back onto that even keel. Because he doesn't stop there. He continues on. And he says, He called the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. For what will it profit them to gain the whole world and forfeit their life? Jesus is saying, look, I came for a, a specific purpose. 
This is why I'm here. I'm the suffering servant. I'm the Messiah. It's about salvation. Salvation of the world. And this requires me as the Messiah to go through these things that I'm telling you about. Jesus is trying to get Peter and his disciples to to understand and realize that the the world the worldview and following Jesus go at polar opposites at times. Most of the time. There'll be times where we need to, to pick up our cross, that we deny ourselves as we're following Jesus. There will be many times where things are said about us or done to us that are unfair sometimes quite nasty these things might happen to you Jesus says because you've decided to follow me and we know that through the book of Acts and in the the epistles that that for the, the early followers of Jesus these things did happen They quite literally died for their faith. The early church being persecuted. And the thing is, unfortunately, in parts of our world right now, there are so many people being persecuted for their faith in Jesus, they quite literally are dying for their faith. That's not to downplay things that happen here. There are many things that happen to us as Christians here, but we are fortunate to live in a country that that doesn't persecute us. We're not persecuted for our faith yet. But there are churches and groups of Christians all over the world, our brothers and sisters in the faith, that are persecuted for their faith. And we're called here in this passage to be aware of the fact that, that life isn't always rosy, it's not always great but that we need to stand firm when we've made that decision to follow Jesus. We need to stand firm in the way that Joshua tells the people to stand firm. That they needed to make a decision and stick to it. Stand up for what they believe in. And Jesus is willing to submit to to God's word. He's willing to to be determined at every moment to follow through on the call on his life that that journeyed him right to the cross, into a cave, to rise again in three days, to secure the world. The thing is, that means that if we're going to be following Jesus and learning from him, trying to emulate him, then we too need to stand up for what we believe and in whom we believe. That our devotion is fully focused on our Lord Jesus. And it means that if we're going to be a disciple, that we need to make sure that we are constantly looking to emulate everything that Jesus does. And that includes picking up our cross at times. That it won't always be a a bundle of laughs that it will be tough at times. 
You know, our life as a disciple might not necessarily include us having to physically die for our faith, but it will include us a certain sense of, of denying self to fulfill our call. And the thing is, Jesus closes out with a reminder to us of that free gift, that gift of free will that God has given us. Everyone has a choice. God will never, ever force anyone to do anything, won't force you to love him, won't force you to follow him, won't force you to serve him. Choice is yours. But as Jesus reminds us, the consequences of our decision matter. Jesus ends the passage by saying, those who are ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation of them the Son of Man will also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Jesus deals with salvation. And yes, we have been called to proclaim the good news, to tell people about Jesus and the kingdom. But we can't make them follow him. It's not our job. We need to be ready to serve to be willing to pick up our cross. But there is also this assurance that Jesus is going to look upon us, not ashamed of us, but that he would just look upon us when we meet him face to face in glory and say, welcome, my good and faithful servant. And that for me is worth denying myself at times to follow my Lord and Savior, right here and right now. That when I meet him face to face, he doesn't look upon me with shame, but that he welcomes me in as a good and faithful servant. And the thing is, it's difficult. Believe me, it's incredibly difficult. And here's Peter, who's one of Jesus' closest friends, He's stumbling on it too. But clearly Peter meditates on this and most of his interactions with Jesus because Jesus rebukes him quite a lot. If we were to go to First Peter, so Peter's first letter in chapter 2, At verse 4, he says, Come to him, a living stone, though rejected by mortals, yet chosen and precious in God's sight. And like living stones, let yourselves be built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And a little bit further on, To you then who believe he is precious, but for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the head of the corner, and a stone that makes them stumble, and a rock that makes them fall. For Jesus is the cornerstone for many, but also a stumbling block for others. It can become really difficult to follow Jesus at times. 
But that's the decision that we are called to make. And if we're called to, to follow him, then we fully need to step into it and recognize that, that there will be stumbling blocks along the way, challenges to that faith, challenges to us being able to follow him. But he goes with us. And if we are going to be committed to being fully devoted followers of Jesus and making them. And while the five marks of mission are in no way perfect or complete, they are a really good starting point. They're a good starting point. And as we continue to move through the the presbytery mission planning process, and indeed as the wider denomination looks to figure out where we're going, what we're doing. I'm pretty sure that that our church as a denomination will look different and indeed our church here in Stonelaw will look very different to what we currently do. But my hope and my prayer is that we don't just continue to do the old things that haven't worked for a long time, only looking to do it on a smaller scale. My hope is that we find a new way. But also a way that is not just man-made, but is fully focused on Jesus. And as the General Assembly kicks off next week, I would urge you to pray for them. Pray for all the commissioners at the General Assembly that they would be convicted to make the right decisions. And when I say the right decisions, I don't mean the ones I agree with but the ones that God is prompting them to. So let's not allow ourselves to become like Peter where our our vision is skewed only to the human and only to worldly views, but that we would be focused on Jesus. That as we become deeper and more devoted followers of him, we would look past our preferences So we look past our own comfort zones and be willing to carry our cross at times. There will be many, many tough decisions to be made and it will be difficult at times. As I said, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. There will be pain because there's always pain when you have to let go of something that you're not ready to let go. It hurts. And it hurts to carry that grief. Pain doesn't always go away immediately. It takes time. But again, the beauty of a a local church community is that we have one another. That when we struggle, we struggle together. No one has to walk through life alone. I'm not saying that it will make it easy but it will certainly make it easier. And even more so, our Lord Jesus goes with us each and every step of our journey. So as a denomination, we've adopted these five marks of mission as a way of having a a fully focused approach to mission. This is an opportunity for us to have a 
a more detailed mission plan than we probably ever have as we focus in on these five different areas. But just as Joshua challenges those Israelite people, that challenge is given to us as individuals this morning and as a church. We too are called to make a definitive, decisive decision. Not a sit-on-the-fence one, not a wishy-washy one, but a decision on who it is we are willing to follow and be committed to it. So let's make that commitment to God this morning. That not only would we be fully devoted followers of Jesus, but that we will partner with him in his mission to our world. And in doing that, part of it is making other fully devoted followers of Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that you go with us. And we thank you for this reminder to us that our decisions have consequences. And that in the life of a Jesus follower, the consequences are eternal. We thank you that when we decide to follow you, that you go with us, but also that you will be with us and we will be with you forever. But Lord, there will be times where that's tough. Where we don't have the strength to stand up. And in those times, we pray that your spirit would inspire us and strengthen us. Lord, help us to be focused on you and not the world. And indeed, give us the strength to carry our cross. And Lord, for, for my brothers and sisters here that, that might be struggling with that today, I pray that your peace would be upon them. And that this place would be a welcoming place. That they would feel comfortable enough to share with someone else. Receive prayer. Lord Jesus, you are the one that we wish to follow. And we offer ourselves again to you this morning. And it's in your precious name that we pray. Amen.